Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. Hafez. Wow, that's profound, honey. Well, you put it right in front of me. I don't know the a lick of what it means, but... You don't know what I it read means? It. I know how to read. You don't know how it means? What no. it means? Tell me. It says, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Right. And if we don't have sun, the whole earth will die. Exactly. And for millions or maybe trillion, kazillion years... The sun warms the earth, mm-hmm. and all the life that is happening, the species, human creatures, or any other creature that we are not aware of, right. they're all dependent on the sun. Mm-hmm. But sun is so selfless. It never asks the earth, you owe me anything. He does it, and he's happy about it. Yes. Because of this selfless love the sun is giving to earth, look what happened to the earth. We right. have daylight, and light refers to happiness, contentment, satisfaction, joy, yeah. laughter. When you say you're a light of my life mm-hmm. to your lover, what do you mean? Well, it's kind of like when you raise a child. You don't, when the child is 25 and an adult and on its own, you don't say to the kid when he's 25, you say, you owe me because I provided for you. You don't do that. Right. That's just what you do. When you have a kid, you feed him. Right. That's Give him shelter. That's why in Iran, even if you're 40 years old, 50 years old, your parents still treat you and use the caressing word that they used, they used it when you were just born with a tone. Uh, sometimes before when I first got cinnamon, when I was caressing cinnamon with a mm-hmm. different tone, you found it funny and you were like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. In a sarcastic way, but you got used to it. Yeah. And even if cinnamon is now one year, two years, three years, I still use the same words. You're my life. You're my honey. You're sugar. You. I make poems and dance, but those poems doesn't exist. Right. But her ear is listening to that again and again, getting used to it, and she can trust me. She knows that I have her back, even though she's growing up. I am always there with the same tone consistent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a really good... Now, a, a more cynical person would think, what are, you, what are you talking about? The sun doesn't say to the earth, you owe me. The sun is an inanimate object. The sun is just there. It doesn't have a spirit. It doesn't have a soul. But it's allegorical. You know, you don't... Where, where cinnamon disagrees, what, you don't agree? That it's allegorical. <laughs> it's an allegory for how we are to conduct ourselves in this life. The sun doesn't demand respect or thanks or adulation because it provides warmth and life to those of us on earth. It just does what it was created to do. And that's what we should do. Provide for our children. We provide security and warmth, food, shelter, the basic needs. Try to give them something that resembles a happy life, if we're lucky, in spite of our flaws and our faults. But uh, we don't say when they're adults, you owe me. You're going to choose my nursing home. I love that. (laughs) 
you do it right, they're just going to naturally appreciate it, and you won't have to ask for it. Well, you are listening to Bavoshtan with James and Sana, and I am James. And this is Sana. We are newcomers. We are. Sana is ecstatic because she is about to enter the United States for the first time. Aren't you ecstatic? (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, uh, her arrival in the United States is imminent after a long wait. It is soon upon us. And those of you who are faithfully listening to this show and have been following our exploits, you know that we've had to endure uh, a lengthy delay with getting her visa, but the delays are behind us. Thanks to COVID. Thanks to COVID, thanks to a, a, a number of things, factors that uh, led to this. Well, COVID these delays. played maximum factor, negative factor in this process. Sure, we'll just blame everything on COVID. Yeah, because once everything got, got open, everything was like boom, 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 happened okay. on its own timing. All right. Well, if you say so. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever the reason, we had to endure a great deal of waiting. And now the waiting is over. And uh, those of you who have followed the show, you know that uh, the plan is for her to live with me in the United States. And that is happening very soon. And as, as you listen, you will hear more details. We will reveal details as we feel comfortable sharing them. Sana is very reluctant to share details about her personal life. So it, it, I have There's to... There's one thing I cannot be reluctant about. What? After three years, uh-huh. my husband did something good in my life. Three years. It's, that's, all, that's all it took. Yeah. Okay. You want to know what it is? I think I already know. What is it? I have no idea. <laughs> what? Well, he finally got us a new toilet and... A water hose attached to it. <laughs> Sana has this. She, she made this requirement. She said, I am not entering your country until you have a water hose attached to your toilet at your home in Virginia Beach. And so that was priority number one. <laughs> Even though it's not our permanent resident. Well, no. This, that would have been... That's my requirement. No, the place we'll be living is not um, where we intend to live. Uh, and the rest children. We, we will not live out our days at the place that uh, we are currently renting. Although we are very blessed to have a really... What a good... It's a nice place on a nice property. Landlord we've got. It's a nice place. Terry's sweetheart. And it's absolutely served its purpose. It's perfect for our purposes. Your because, purpose. I love Terry. Yes. Terry, if you're listening... He's not. Yo, man. Okay. You're the man. So, yeah, we've had this situation where um, I've been itinerant between uh, Virginia and Vietnam for the last two years. And so being tied down with a lease in Virginia would have been a big hassle because uh, it would mean that I would have to either break the lease or stay there and be separated from my wife. And uh, the situation we have now has been, it's been exactly what has been needed. It's not where we intend to live out our days, but it's a blessing. It's interesting how I went to Virginia like 10 days ago, 
maybe just just under two weeks ago, thinking I'm going to stay there until Sana, uh, she's going to enter the United States by herself. That turned out to be short-lived. I ended up being there for about a week before I came back to Vietnam because the permanent, permanent resident visa is squared away and we're just finalizing everything, packing up so we can uh, leave here for good. But I was in Doha yesterday for uh, the layover. Maybe it was, I think it was Monday night. I left early Tuesday morning. And it was an interesting vibe in Doha. And I don't know if you've experienced this before. You probably have, because you've done a lot of traveling. Oh, but, I, um, I, we traveled to but, Doha Emirates. Amazing. Oh, yeah. But being in the Doha airport, it's a very interesting vibe. Really, it's a really positive vibe. And I didn't really... And I've been in this airport several times before. But it didn't really hit me until I was here, uh, until I was at that airport most recently. Probably because the two or three times that I'd been there before, it was a ghost town because of COVID. I think I'd been there three times before, uh, and it was just a ghost town because of COVID. Uh, and the most recent time that I was there before this was May, and it was pretty. It was pretty alive. But everybody's still wearing a face mask. They still require face masks on the planes. And it's just that just puts a big damper on things, in my view. This pastime, it was everybody was just alive. Nobody's wearing a face very, very few people are wearing face masks. And it was just business as usual. It wasn't a ghost town like it's been, and it was just it was hopping. Like this is what uh an international travel hub is supposed to look like and it was actually really encouraging and there's just this vibe among people there most of them are uh, foreigners of course the people that work there are native Qataris is that what you call them? Qatari? Qatari but in Doha airport mostly foreigners work Really? Qataris are too rich to work oh, okay. those kind of jobs <laughs> alright well Whatever the case They're may Indian, be, Filipinos, everybody, Arabs. yeah, everybody working through there is uh, traveling. So they're just there for a few hours, and they just have this glow about them. There's just something special or something exciting about being in an international travel hub like that. You're, you're, you, you kind of feel like I'm, I'm pretty hot stuff right now. I'm, I'm pretty cool. I, I am right here in this, by, by American standards, it's exotic. We're here in the Middle East, uh, Doha, Qatar. How many people can say that they've been in Doha, Qatar? And here I am, and all everybody that I know is engaged in their mundane life in the United States. And I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, I'm on my way to be with my wife who lives in Vietnam. And it just hit me like, this is a really cool life I live. I'm excited about what will happen in the future. And I just, I was in the airport and I was thinking, of course I'm tired because I've been switched seven time zones. I've had a little bit of sleep, but not enough sleep. So I'm, I'm tired, but I'm like, I actually, I like traveling. I like this. 
So I was just thought, this is a really cool life I live. I am in Doha, Qatar, uh, waiting to get on an airplane to be with my Persian wife who lives in Vietnam, and I'm about, I'm about to bring her to the United States. Thought, how many Americans can say that? It's, it's, really, it's really neat. But everybody there, it's like they just have this glow about them because they're in a similar circumstance. Maybe not, of course, not the exact same circumstance, but they're doing something really neat. They're in Doha. They're on their way on a stopover to a place in Africa or maybe Southeast Asia, Europe somewhere. And everybody's on this adventure. And it's, it's really neat. <clears throat> and, and, you know, you, nobody's like jumping up for joy, but you just see the positivity in their actions, their words, even going through the crazy check-in process, boarding process get to get on the plane. It's, you know, that's, that's, that's never any fun, but people are just content. They're, they're like, I want to deal with, I, I'm, I'm willing to deal with this. So that was just my observation. And I hadn't really experienced that, uh, in all of my travels over the last few years until I experienced it yesterday in Doha. Certainly don't experience it in Tokyo these days. I've passed through Tokyo several times and it's just, that place is dreary in the COVID era. So what do you think, honey? What, what are your thoughts on? Absolutely, honey. Totally can resonate with you. The only one reason that I started traveling, of course, I was smart enough to travel with work uh, so when I was traveling, I could earn and pay for it too. It's because I could see a lot of different people, hear their stories. I used to just smile. They smile back and just say hello. They hello and back to you and the conversation just starts. I cannot imagine how many people I just met through all these transits, through airports, and just traveling, going through the airport to another destination. I cannot count. I met so many people in my life. But um, it's a blessing. I, I thank God because I was young and many women, especially girls in my age, didn't have that opportunity. But that made me smart. That made me to see through people. And when things are not going in their own way, just keep quiet. Just calm. Just observe because I'm, you know that I'm a very strong believer and I have strong belief that when the judgment day comes, God will take care of those. I don't have to hate my enemies or people who did bad to me. Well, yeah. there, there, there's just an excitement in the air when you're getting on a plane to go to Doha. Right, and of you're, course. Like you're in New York City. And I, I just remember, I didn't, I didn't meet these girls, but there, there were two girls... They looked like they were in their, I would say, early 20s. Couldn't, couldn't have been older than 25. So they're young. This is probably their first time uh, traveling outside of the U.S. Maybe more. <laughs> and they're, they're, they were just giddy. They were just on top of the world. And there's just something exciting about traveling. And I hear people say they're like almost like beating their chest in pride about how I don't fly. I never fly. It's dirty. It's filthy. Yeah, it's it's a little dirty. 
Yeah, you're breathing recycled air for a few hours, but then you get off the plane and you're in, if you have a spirit of adventure, you're, you're in a new world and your eyes are being opened to a world that's in many ways very different from yours, what you're used to, but in, in other ways it's remarkably similar to what you've just left. And you see other parts of the world and Americans especially need to travel. They need to get out of the country, out of the U.S., in my opinion, and see that you get into a place like Vietnam and remarkably no one gives a rat's patootie about what the president of the United States is doing. Nobody cares about the NFL in Hanoi, Vietnam. Nobody and the world keeps on spinning. And you, you just realize the things that are taken so seriously in the United States are so trivial by comparison. So that is my two cents post-inflation on the value of traveling and exposing oneself to other cultures, civilizations, different, just seeing more than what your world of 10 square miles in your little corner of the world, you get out of that. And, and plus, when you travel, you, you try to see where all the beginning of everything that we have today in our life came from. It brings better understanding <clears throat> of how to make use of resources we have, be it medicine, science, technology, culture, lifestyle, the way we, the way we dress up. Even women who are wearing high heels, Do you think Americans created high heel? No. Where did high heel come from? Where did fashion in New York come from? Just draw the dot. Go back and find the, you know, right. basics of it in Asia, in Middle East. And when you meet those people, you will see they had all these things maybe hundreds of thousands of years ago. And today in this era, how they are, what kind of open-minded people are they? Right. Like you were talking about Vietnamese, they don't give whatever a rat about NFL or President of America, but that maybe that's the reason why they're all happy. Exactly. They're, happy. they're always laughing. They always enjoy their life with a little or more. And the way they share, mm -hmm. every time they go together to drink beer, they always call yeah. everybody, come. And that's the culture here. There's, there's, a, there's a sense of community here and other parts in Asia that I've been in. That, you, that simply does not exist in America. Americans are so, what's the word, hyper-individual, hyper-individualism? Individualist yeah. countries. They're just yeah, they're focused on me, and I've got my own little world, and I've got my own problems, and I'm going to shut everything out, and I am terrified of everything right, outside the, of my walls. I think it's American poet or British who said, no man is an island on its own. You cannot be always thinking about yourself, even if you have pride and it's always about me, mm -hmm. me, myself. How does me, myself have to survive? If human body is such an open system and you feel hungry, you depend on a restaurant, a restaurant depend on a farmer, a farmer depend on... It's like a chain. Right. Uh, it's a system. How can you just be selfish and only think about yourself? doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, and, and that's... Uh, something that Americans can learn from uh, cultures like uh, Asia, Taiwan, Korea, Japan, they very, very similar 
mannerisms and type of community-oriented lifestyle. And if you observe, they have more happy people and more successful even in business and every aspect of their life. It's just because they don't have this uh, I, my, you know, type of thing that you're saying. Yeah, more... A lot of... Uh, looking for a, a win for everybody rather right. than just me at the expense of others. Other, yeah. yeah. That's why Chinese specifically and Japanese are very successful hmm. I mean you cannot come on I mean I'm a lecturer I know I understand okay, America has the highest GDP in the world what does that mean when the income of household or per capita uh, of mo- maximum number of population in America cannot uh, live on average household both parents have to work two three jobs live paycheck to paycheck then they can feel normal like happy, they can say, "Oh, I'm saving and I'm paying for everything for all my kids' education." Well, they think they hospital. need to do that so they can have a certain lifestyle. All of us, even me and my family, this is not lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You are in this world. You have to bring comfort and convenience into your life. And if that level of comfort and convenience is not visible, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of American families know that. That's why both parents have to work so hard. Right. Yeah, it's not the 50s where there was one breadwinner and the other person took care of the house. That's not the case anymore, by and large. There are pockets of resistance to this modernity, but uh, that's the way the world is rolling these days, for better or for worse. Anyhow, this whole discussion came about from my observation being in the Doha airport on the 19th of September, 2022, going into the 20th, the wee hours of the 20th, Tuesday morning, that sprang into this whole discussion. It's neat how that works out, isn't it? Does something stink? Like what, my breath? I don't know, everything. (laughs) Well, I'm not, I didn't chew on a dead frog like our dog did. I think this shirt is old. I have to be thrown away. Okay, well, I'll take care of this shirt once we're done recording. Anything else you want to add for our listeners? Are you going to take a shower? Of course I'm going to take a shower, honey. Now that you mention it, for all of our listeners, you shame me into doing it. Yes, I'll do it. All right, well, you have been listening to Bavoshdan with James and Sana, and I am James. And this is Sana. Now, if you like podcasts and you've been thinking, man, I wish I could get into this game like James and Sana have done, then we have an offer for you. It's called Podcasting Zero to Sixty, and we will take your idea from nothing to fully functioning podcast in 60 days or less. If you are willing to do the work and take some instruction, uh, we will give you one-on-one coaching and instruction and everything that you need to launch an impactful and profitable podcast in 60 days or less. If this is of interest to you, go to podcast0-60.com. Type that into your browser, and you will be redirected to a a page on our website where you can learn more about it, podcast0-60.com. Glad to be in your earballs once again. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 